The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and strategies to shake up the status quo in human resources and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Welcome to our newest series, HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Today's buzz, leaders. Just one word, leaders. Hey, your entire workforce, from the entry level all the way up to the C-suite, has leadership potential that can benefit your entire organization. So, what's your HR team doing about it? I have a packed house today, panel of four experts, and let's hear what they have to say. Kicking us off will be Grace Killalay, and she quotes the UCLA basketball coach John Wooden. For all you sports fans, you know who he is. Grace says, a.k.a. John, don't measure yourself by what you have accomplished, but by what you should have accomplished with your ability. There's that should word. We'll be talking to Grace in just a minute and finding out why she selected this great quote from John Wooden. Also joining us today is Joe Miller, and her own quote is, hey, this is truth. You can't get a higher level job without leader experience, but you can't get leadership experience without the job. This is the greatest stumbling block faced by emerging leaders, especially, here's the kicker, women who want to lean in and advance. We all know where that comes from. We'll be hearing from Joe Miller in just a few minutes. Also on the panel is Charlene Lauby, and Charlene says, Comparing leadership and management can be detrimental to the business. Management performs a different role within the organization, but both are absolutely necessary for your organization's success. We'll hear more from Charlene. And rounding out our panel is Pam Seplow. And Pam says, Good judgment comes with experience. But experience comes from bad judgment. Anybody recognize that? It's Will Rogers. Bon Mo from Will Rogers. So join us for the next hour for Leadership, Empowering Leaders at All Levels. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to episode number two in our new series called HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Quick message for my Game Changer listeners, and then I'll tell you who my panelists really are. Hey, if you're wondering how mobility can transform your business, learn the key ingredients of a successful enterprise mobility strategy. Go to any banner on our show page on the business channel and click. You'll go to a page of free offers, including a free CIO playbook. Download it, read, and learn with our compliments. Okay, by the way, we're tweeting live today. We've got Tom, and we've got the HR bartender. We've got Malcolm Kimberlin. We've got Pam Seplo on hashtag SAP Radio. Please join us. So let me introduce the panel. Grace Killalay is the founder of Grace Killalay 
Consulting and Half the Sky Leadership Institute. She uses the four cornerstones of leadership, relationships, reputation, results, and resilience to help CEOs, execs, and professionals elevate their leadership and transcend perceived limitations to achieve sustained business and personal success. Grace was Senior VP of Talent and the first ever VP of Talent Management and Leadership Diversity at Comcast Cable Corp. Grace Killalay, welcome to HR Trends with Game Changers. How are you today, Grace? Bonnie, I'm fantastic. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks for joining me. Where are you calling from? I am in a gorgeous Philadelphia today. Well, I'm in gorgeous Long Island, and I think we have the same gorgeous weather, so woohoo for us, right? Absolutely. I'll take it when we get it. I agree. It's a beautiful day. Joining us also is Joe Miller. She's the CEO of Women's Leadership Coaching, Inc. Joe created the Women's Leadership Coaching System after interviewing more than a 1,000 women and recognizing the common set of challenges encountered by women who wanted to advance their careers, especially in industries that have long been considered a man's world, such as tech, finance, and energy. Joe Miller, welcome. How are you today? I'm well, thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, and we'll be talking to you in just a minute. And Charlene Lauby is the president of ITM Group, Inc., a consulting firm focused on developing training solutions that engage and retain talent in the workplace. Charlene is the author of HRBartender.com, quote-unquote, a friendly place to talk about workplace issues. It's been cited as one of the top ten business blogs worth reading by the Society for Human Resource Management, that's SHRM, and she's been named on Spark Hire's Top 25 Must Read blogs for employers. Charlene Lauby, welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. My pleasure. Where are you calling from, Charlene? I'm calling from Fort Lauderdale. And is it a beautiful day? You know, it is. It is a very beautiful day. We've had some rainy weather, but today is shaping up to be gorgeous. So, Good. Thank you very much for joining us and rounding out the panel. None other than Pam Seplo from SAP. Pam is the Global Head of Leadership Experiences. I love that title, Pam. She's responsible for designing and delivering experiences that help increase the overall leadership capabilities at all levels of the organization. Since joining SAP America back in 1998, was it really that long ago, Pam? It Pam was. has held a variety of roles, but she's always focused on her passion around the intersection of developing people and business process. Welcome, Pam. Where are you today? Today I'm in our New York office, actually. So we've got beautiful sunny skies. That's it's a wonderful thing. It is unbelievable. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay, let's go back in and rip apart at my opening. I want to know what you all meant by your quote. So we're going to start with Grace Killalay. You quote John Wooden, the famous UCLA basketball coach. Don't measure yourself by what you have accomplished, by what, what you should have accomplished with your ability. What do we mean, Grace? You know, I love that quote, Bonnie, because it talks about potential. And I think when you talked, to, when you brought up the topic of leadership, you actually used the word potential in your opening comments. And I think that that's really the connective tissue about leadership, engagement, getting folks at every level in the organization, not just what you're doing, but what you're capable of doing. So I love that quote. And I, I speak to organizations around the country talking about leadership at every every level from entry to C-suite. And it's really tapping into what are people capable of doing in the jobs they're in, regardless of their title. So I love that particular quote. 
It sounds like a lot of fluidity there, Grace. We'll get into that when we get into the roundtable segment. But I'd like to talk to you about what potential means when you're just one of hundreds or thousands of employees. And that's really what we're talking about is what is HR doing to foster this leadership potential? That's really our topic today. Thank you, Grace. Joe Miller, you said you can't get a higher level job without leadership experience, which you can't get without the job. And you acknowledge this is the greatest stumbling block faced by emerging leaders, especially women who want to lean in in advance. We all know where leaning comes from. Tell me about your quote, Joe. What are we talking about here? Well, you know, in every organization, there are pockets of untapped leadership. And in every organization, there are people sitting at their desk wondering why the heck they're the best kept secret in the organization. Meanwhile, uh, these individuals are delivering incredible results to their company. They're they're kicking butt. They're going up above and beyond to deliver more than their job description and role. And yet they're waiting for someone to come development, uh, develop them or, or waiting for someone to come tap them on the shoulder and say, here's your promotion. You get to be a leader now. <laughs> and not surprisingly, they might be waiting a, a rather a long time. And, and so my message to any up and coming leader who feels that they have more the more potential than the job they're doing today is you, you can't afford to wait for someone to come hand you that role or say, it's your moment in the spotlight. You get to be a leader now. Rather, you need to take charge of your own career and leadership development. That's great, and that's why we have SAP Game Changers Radio to talk to smart people like you and your co-panelists to encourage people to do this. Great. Thank you, Joe. And Joe, by the way, where are you calling from? I didn't ask you. I am in sunny Cedar Rapids in Iowa today, my home office. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if we've had an Iowan on the show yet. Very happy to have you with us, and I'm glad it's a nice day. Charlene Lauby, you say, comparing leadership and management can be detrimental to the business. Management performs a different role, but both are absolutely necessary for success. What what are we comparing here? This leadership and management, are they really apples and oranges? Are they two shades of apples? What are we talking about? I think they're really apples and oranges. I think sometimes when we get into this mode of telling um, managers, I think managers have leadership ability, but that whole, you can't be a manager, you need to be a leader, we're not talking about the same thing. And when people treat them like they're the same function, but a leader is an elevated manager, it's detrimental not only to the person because you're making a comparison that really shouldn't be there, um, but it's detrimental to the business because leadership exists at every level within the organization. I think Grace did a nice job of teeing that conversation up for us today, but we have to get beyond the whole, if you're a really good manager, you must move to be a leader and stop being a manager anymore. Very interesting. Do you, who do you think confuses this the most often, Charlene? Where, where is this confusion coming from? From the top, from the bottom, from the middle, from people coming in? Where does this happen? I think it happens in several different places. I think we've got this idea that, um, and, and when I say we, I mean, I think from people outside the organization, from a consulting perspective, and then people inside the organization, that leaders only exist at the C-suite. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so we need to we need to take that downward. Okay, good. And that's what we're talking about is empowering leaders at all levels. Let me bring Pam Seplo into this. Pam, you quote Will Rogers, the esteemed and wonderful Will Rogers. He had such great things to say, and nice to see that his quotes live on, especially through you on the show today. Good judgment comes with experience, but experience comes from bad judgment. Now, let's talk a little bit about tolerating bad judgment in a corporate setting, even in an SMB setting, in a startup setting, an entrepreneurial setting. Who's going to tolerate this bad? judgment that leads to experience that builds your character and builds your your credibility and what you bring to the table. Pam? Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. So one of the reasons that I really love this quote is because I think um, being able to learn um, from your mistakes and apply those learnings to new situations is one of the hallmarks of a leader. Um, And so I think within organizations, there needs to be a tolerance for people to make mistakes um, learn from those mistakes because a bit to Joe's point, without having those experiences, without having that first mistake, it's really hard to move on um, to um, to be able to apply those to different situations and new situations. The other reason that I really love this quote is I, it reminds me that making mistakes is okay. And actually, a lot of our most famous inventions and our things that we rely on every single day came from mistakes that people made. They learned how to apply um, those things and they got better judgment got better outcomes as a result of it. So one of the reasons that I really love this quote is because it reminds me that making mistakes is okay um, and that even in a moment when you've made bad judgment, at the end something good will come of it. Eventually, in some way, shape, or form, I'm, I could hear our listeners thinking, "Really, really? You don't know what kind of mistakes I've made for my company." We're talking about reasonable tolerance, though, right, Pam? We're not talking about anything catastrophic that will will tank a company or damage. What what kinds of bad judgment are we talking about? Can you give us a couple examples? I have two minutes till break, and I'd like to expand this just a little bit more, if you don't mind. Sure. I mean, I think people make um, bad judgments all the time in hiring decisions. Um, you know, and we ah. we miss hire people all the time? Is it catastrophic? No. Is it costly to an organization? Yes. Do you learn from those mistakes? Are you more careful about your hiring practices moving forward? Do you become clearer about what you're really looking for in an organization? How do you bring new leaders into the organization, whether they're formal leaders or informal leaders? So I think there's a way to take that, again, within reason, um, you know, and really apply those learnings so that the outcomes um, um, Make, make a better impact within the organization. So certainly hiring is one where I think bad judgment leads to better judgment um, and that you get that experience there. Um, I think there are other business types of decisions that we make all the time, um, what IP infrastructure to be using, um, where you want to locate your office that might be a mistake, um, that as you, as you have those sort of bad judgment opportunities, the next opportunity <laughs> that you have, you make a better judgment as a result of it. See, you just said something I would like to crochet somewhere or paint on the side of a wall or a train station. Bad judgment opportunities. That is a positive. I, I don't know that I've ever heard that. Anybody want to jump in? I have one minute left, one tight minute before break. Anybody want to jump in on the idea of bad judgment opportunities before we go to break? Grace, Joe, Charlene, anybody? Bonnie, this is Grace, and I, I think it's a great opportunity that – particularly as HR leaders, and all of us come from that space, we can take the opportunity as coaches when we have someone who is junior in the organization who steps in a space where they've made a mistake, and we can show them the opportunity to grow from that. I talk about bounce a lot, that resilience. You've made a mistake. How you show up how you recover when you made a mistake is very often the bigger learning than actually 
than actually fixing the mistake. It's the behavior we learn. It's the accountability that actually creates the leadership versus the correcting the PowerPoint or fixing the, the code. It's how you own the mistake that creates the learning, that creates the, the core of confidence. And that, I think, is what we tend to, as HR people, we go, oh, we have to write someone up, versus mm-hmm. what about giving them that core of confidence of accountability? And I think that's a word we need to, to become better owners of and better stewards of as HR executives and as coaches in our organizations. Thank you, Grace, for taking me up to the break. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Our very important topic today, this is for everybody in every company of every size. Even if you have a company as a gleam in your eye, you want to be an entrepreneur, listen up. Leadership, empowering leaders at all levels. It's not a threat. It's an opportunity. Take it. We'll tell you how. I'm speaking with Grace Killalay, Joe Miller, Charlene Lauby, and Pam Seplo. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that dial, that app, that mouse, however you're listening. Brad, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. Today's reality, your HR department is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line, you need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying HR Trends with Game Changers. Presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to HR Trends with Game Changers. Here we are, and it's time for me to find out what's in my guests' cups today, or what's their best coffee break story ever? Let's kick this off with Grace Killalay. Grace, what are you drinking, or what do you wish you were drinking? Well, I am drinking Crystal Light, which I believe I am putting somebody's kid through college. I drink so much of it, so (laughs) I literally carry packets everywhere I go. I think there's a 12-step program in my future, Bonnie. (laughs) I love it. Does it have different flavors? Pardon my ignorance. It's been years since I've had it. Well, are different flavors, but I have a IV drip of peach iced tea uh, connected to me everywhere I go. So it's the only, other than water, it is the only thing I drink. Grace, have you ever considered stand-up? That was a great opener, really. I could see you on stage. Pam, I could see her on a stage somewhere in the Lower East Side just wowing an audience. I really can. (laughs) Okay, Joe Miller in Iowa. What are you drinking today, Joe? 
Well, it, what I'm drinking today in my home country of Australia, we would call it a long black, believe it or not, and don't judge me for that, but the coffee is called a long black. Um, yes. And so I grew up in Australia and, and moved to California about uh, 13 years ago. So just as an aside, the accent you hear today is Australifornium. <laughs> and then the, the first time I walked into a Starbucks, I couldn't see my familiar coffee, a long black, a flat white, as we call them, anywhere, and, and you know, worked my way through the entire menu over a week or two and finally in desperation I said could you just make me a double espresso and fill it up with water well as we all know that's an Americano so a long black in Australia is the same as an Americano here in the US and that's what I've got I don't think I've smiled this much on a coffee break segment in a long time, and we've had some real doozies. So thank you for that, Joe. We will remember that when we order next. Charlene Lauby, what are you drinking today or wish you were drinking today? I made some cold-brewed coffee over the weekend. Um, I found uh, a recipe in, in one of my favorite magazines and um, made some cold brewed coffee, which is simply coffee and cold water, and you let it uh, steep in your refrigerator for a day. Um, in my case, um, I added some cinnamon and some chili powder to it to give Ooh. it a little kick um, and poured it over some ice. So that's what I'm enjoying this afternoon. Wow, ice cold heat. I like that. I like the chili powder. It's showing up at all kinds of chocolate recipes, too. Thank you, Charlene. Very, very colorful. Pam Seplo, can you top those? I'm going to try. Um, so right, okay. now right now I'm drinking tea, but the tea that I'm drinking is um, special to me because my husband and I brought it, bought it on a trip to Lisbon. I'm in a really small tea shop that had very unique flavors of tea, so it's a lemongrass lavender tea. Um, oh. And so that's what I'm enjoying this morning. But a real quick segue to what Joe was saying. My husband and I were in Australia a couple of years ago, so imagine our surprise when we walked into a Starbucks and could not figure out at all what to order because the menu was completely different. But it took about 30 seconds to understand what, um, what a long black or a tall white was, uh, and then we were good to go for the rest of our trip. I love it. Thank you, ladies. That was awesome. Let me read a couple of tweets here. We have Tom Flanagan. Everybody knows Tom. Tom says he is drinking delicious and filling grass-feed butter and MCT oil-infused butter bulletproof coffee. I have no idea what that is, but it has its own Twitter handle, so bulletproof exec. Thank you, Tom. I hope it keeps you healthy and alert. Sounds great. And Malcolm Kimberlin, my co-producer, says his wife started work at 4.30 a.m. and left him with a small and cold cup of Phil's coffee at 7 a.m. Thankful for what he got, and he still says it's delicious. He's a Phil's fan these days. Thank you, Malcolm. Thank you, Tom, very much. And they only let me drink water on show days. What can I tell you, ladies? No caffeine for Bonnie. So let's go launch headlong into the roundtable segment of the show. I want to kick it off with uh, the person who was first on our opening, just because this is a, a really great point, and I'd like everybody to dive in. Grace Killalay says, leadership is a decision, not a title. Too often we rely on titles and disempower our staff because they don't have, quote-unquote, authority. Okay, Grace, what are we talking about? Who decides I am a leader? It's not my title, but I am a leader. Who makes that decision? You, your colleagues, your manager, who? Well, I think, it's a, I think the individual makes the decision, but I think the organizations then actually can be very disempowering. 
you know, very often the hierarchy of an organization will use titles. You know, they'll say, if you do not have the management title, you cannot have authority. And so people will become very disempowered. They will make poor decisions or they will make no decisions because they feel like they have no, and again, I use that quote, I'm making air quotes here, authority. Mm-hmm. And very often I'm called in to speak to organizations with large call centers and large communities of employees who work, who are customer facing. And I'll say every time, and that's the most critical, right? The most critical employee very often is the one that deals with the, with the customer. And they'll say, I have no power, but yet they have the choice of how they interact, the energy that they bring to that client relationship. And yet they feel so disempowered. So the decision about how you show up, the energy that you bring, the decisions that you make really start with you. I believe that you're the CEO of your own life, how you show up. And and one of my co-panelists, and I apologize, I I should have, I wanted to write down who said this, talked about you have to drive your own career. That decision really starts at, at your very first job. So I feel very strongly that it is a decision that you make, but very often the structures in organizations are very first supervisors who tell us, you know, just do what I say. I don't want you to think. I just want you to do what I say. We begin to take that power away from people. So interesting, um, this morning I looked at a, a photograph, Bonnie, that was on uh, Twitter, and then I followed up. There's a gentleman named Omar Grant who worked at the Navy Yards, and he was photographed leading out a coworker who was um, visually impaired from, um, uh, from the, massacre the shooting yesterday. yesterday. Yes. And Omar Grant said, I let him out because there was no one there to take him, and he needed someone to do this. So that, to me, was the perfect example of someone who said, I made a decision to be a leader yesterday, right? There was, Very there well was someone put. who needed, and that to me was the absolute decision of leadership in a photograph. Very, very well put. Thank you. Thank you for that reference. And it was, it was a horror what happened yesterday. I know a lot, of, a lot of people are very, very sad today for many, many reasons. Okay, Joe Miller, I want to bring you into this because you told me and you said to us in the opening, you can't afford to wait for someone to promote you, which really relates to what Grace just said. You need to find ways to take the lead beyond the scope of your job description. So how does this relate to a company, an organization, empowering leaders. What what do we want our managers to say? I want you to go beyond the scope of your description. Does that happen in the real world, Joe? You know, it, it can. And if uh, someone aspires to be seen as a leader by others around them, it's absolutely essential. And to Grace's point earlier, she said it's all about how you show up. And so managers and leadership can foster up-and-coming leadership in the organization by creating a, a safe space where anyone, regardless of their position in the hierarchy or their, their job title or job description, anyone can feel comfortable walking in a room and presenting themselves with an air of credibility and confidence and authority and freely speaking up and sharing their opinions. And as people do this over time, uh, without having to acquire the title or the salary grade level, they can almost train everyone around them to see them as leaders and to come to them for their decision-making ability. And and I think leadership has kind of gotten a bad rap over the years for for reasons that Charlene described earlier. You know, we often confuse leadership and management, but, but 
but really I, I agree with Charlene in saying that leadership can and does exist at every level in the organization. You just need to understand how to tap into those pockets of leadership that are hidden from view. Thank you, Joe. And that's a perfect segue into Charlene. Anybody jump in at any time. This is really an open discussion. Charlene, leadership is the ability to influence others. Is that the definition we really want to go with? It sounds like a very organic, very pure approach to me. Leadership is the ability to influence others. Is it that simple? Can it be that simple? Charlene? Yes, it can be that simple. Um and I think if you use that particular definition, everyone has leadership and they need to recognize that they have leadership ability. And as we've been talking about the bring your leadership game with you as you walk into the room, as you manage your own career, this whole conversation from an individual level like, oh, I can't be a leader or I don't have a leader title or I can't influence the, excuse me, the conversation. Um, how do I say this in a really nice way? I think it's a bunch of hooey. Um, we need to realize that we all have leadership ability in us. We need to be prepared to bring it to the party. Um, and we need to understand that we all have the ability to influence other people around us. And how we go about doing that really speaks volumes to what we can accomplish in the organization. Thank you. And, and Pam, I want to bring you into this. We've got two minutes till the break, but you have another another way to add on to this, another flavor of this I like a lot. You say leadership is about a behavior, attitude, and presence. I believe that's what the other panelists have been saying. But add something to this discussion, please, Pam, the presence yeah, so, part. I mean, it's hard to top what some of the, you know, what Joe, Charlene, and Grace have already said, each one of us, I think, in our own way, but each one of us saying the same thing. And title or no title, it's really about the way you show up, um, the way you react to the situations that you're put in, um, how you show resilience, how you... Um, how you take advantage of, of the opportunities that are presented to you um, in a unique way that, that is authentic to who you are. Um, and I think the other element that Grace really touched on is I really believe that everybody leads in some way, in some part of their life. And given the right context in the situation that Grace used, it's an unfortunate context, but given the right set of circumstances, everybody will stand up and do the right thing. And doing the right, that to me is what leadership is all about, is standing up and doing the right thing. Very good. We've had a lot of interesting flavors of the definition of leadership on this segment. We're going to take a break now. We're going to regroup and come back and talk about an age-old question Pam Seplow told me before the show, and this is something I'm very curious about. Are leaders born or do they learn it? And let's talk about the learning curve for leadership. In a first job, can you have that presence, 18, 19, 20 years old, 25 out of graduate school, for example? Is it something that comes with maturity? At what point in a career do we expect people to have that presence, that attitude, that perceived authority, that, that influence ability? We're going to talk about all that when we come back. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is HR Trends with Game Changers. Presented by SAP. We're talking about empowering leaders at all levels. How can you do it in your organization? Why would you do it? What's the benefit to you? Stay tuned. We have a lot more. Don't even think of touching that dial, that app, that mouse. Brad out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. Today's reality, your HR department is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line, you need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Enjoying HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to HR Trends with Game Changers. And here we are, and we're talking about leadership, empowering it at every level of the organization. We're going to get into some of the why bother, what's in it for you, why should an organization inculcate and encourage this. We've got a lot of talk in the background. I hope the listeners can't hear it. Uh, okay, Pam, I want to start with you, Pam Seplow from SAP. There's an age-old question, are leaders born or are they learned, trained, coached, coddled? What do you think, Pam? So I think actually that it's probably a mixture of both. I think some people are born with innate leadership talent and just stand up and are leaders, um, and other people can learn it. But I think in today's environment, um, kids are being exposed to more opportunities. Going back to how you led us into the break, people are learning leadership and leadership skills at a much earlier age today than when I, you know, than when I was growing up. And then it was much more you didn't get exposed to that or you weren't encouraged to demonstrate that until you had that management title. I look at, I have an 11-year-old nephew, and I look at some of the things that he's doing at school with his classmates and the leadership roles that the school puts him and his classmates in to lead projects, to sit on committees where they make decisions about, you know, what they should serve in the cafeteria from a healthy snack perspective. And so I think in today's age with technology um, and just with, um, with the environment in which we live in, um, there's so much more opportunity for people to really learn good leadership skills at an earlier age that are then significantly going to impact the way organizations need to think about leadership moving forward. Okay, ladies, let's have everybody jump in. Grace, Joe, Charlene, who wants to segue from what Pam said? I know you all have a lot to say. Who wants to take this? This is Charlene. I'll piggyback um, on Please. Pam's comments. I think everybody has it. It's just a question of how effective you are with it. Um, you know, how much are you using those skills and how much are you cultivating them and, um, I guess, putting yourself in opportunities where you can grow and you can learn using your leadership skills. So I think that there's an effectiveness issue, and as we use our leadership ability more, we find out what works for us and maybe what doesn't work for us in certain situations, and we become more skillful at it. 
Good. Joe, Grace, uh, anything yeah, to Joe add? Yeah, Joe here. I would, yes. I would build right upon that and say that I see individuals spend way too much of their own time tied up in this thought process of, am I a born leader? Can I learn to lead? When really, if, if you think about, uh, back to when you first learned to swim, you know, you didn't sit on the edge of the pool weighing up whether you were a born swimmer or not. No, you probably <laughs> had a coach or, or a parent who, uh, you know, at some point said it's time to dive in and start to thrash around and try this stuff out. And, and so Charlene's recommendation to put yourself in it, I think, is the very best way to know. If you volunteer to lead something, you may thrash about, you may find you're drowning for a little, but eventually it'll start to come together and, and you'll build that confidence. Uh, Bonnie, this is Grace. I'm not yes, sure please. that everyone is a natural people leader. Um, Thank you. My, I was, my... was going to bring that up, Grace, and yeah, say, what my, if somebody doesn't experience... want to lead? Yeah, my experience has been that there are people who can be really great thought leaders, who can bring creativity and energy to an organization, but aren't necessarily great people leaders. So having been in a talent space for the last 10 years of my career, my experience was that there were people who really shouldn't lead in the people space, but had a lot of value in the organization. So I think sometimes it's getting people in the right swim lane, kind of following that, that analogy. Mm-hmm. And as an executive coach, one, some of the, the work that I do is sometimes looking at people and going, one of the reasons you're so miserable is you don't like leading people. And they'll go, yeah. oh, you're right, I really don't. So there, there, I don't know so much of whether we're born or not born as leaders, but sometimes there's just an affinity to not liking it. And I happen to love the inspiration and aspirational part of leading, but I don't like the detail of it. And so, like, it's finding what you like because there's, an, there's some real work to being a people leader, right? The follow-up and the feedback and all the kinds of things that go with people leadership. So it's understanding what you like, what you're good at, and then leveraging it. And then I, I would also invite the conversation as to the, to the listeners to also not confuse charisma mm. and confidence with competence around people leadership because we like people who have big personalities and think that makes them a good people leader and they aren't always the same thing either. Um, Just because you're outgoing doesn't make you a good people leader. And we sometimes lose the introvert and that thoughtful, quiet style because it isn't as appealing. And that's just something that also gets... um, less attention, but often our best leaders are introverts. Very, very interesting point. I, I want to bring up something else. Let's flip it around. Let's say that an organization, somebody in an in HR capacity high up is listening to this show, and they say, what a great idea. We want to start a program, a policy in our company to empower leadership at all levels. Everybody's going to be caught in this net of empowerment. It's a great thing. And there's somebody listening, and they're, they're somebody in the company sees this new policy, or they go to a big team meeting in the, in the uh, auditorium of the company, or a big uh, webinar, and they're sitting there saying, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I don't want to lead. I just want to do what I do well. Competence is enough for me. I'm making a contribution to the organization. My question to the panelists, should they get coaxed, cajoled, pushed 
into some kind of you need to define how you can be a leader or should they be left alone? You know, no, no child left behind, that kind of thing. Uh, Grace, Joe, Charlene, Pam, anybody? What, what, what should the policy be? Can we make a policy about forcing people to find their leadership capabilities? Is it really for everyone? Anyone? It's Joe here. I'll jump in. You know, I encountered Please. exactly that situation with a group of women in a telecommunications company who were told that they were high potential and getting sent to leadership training. And given that there were many introverts, many engineers, many highly technical people, they started to push back and say, well, I'm not really interested in being a leader. Uh, they said, I just want to come to work and make the biggest difference that I can every day. Yes. And in that moment, I had my own personal aha, which is that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if we broaden leadership to, to that definition, people's desire to make a greater positive impact than they could make on their own, then I think we'll see a lot more people stepping up in ways that suit them and fit their style and their skills, not necessarily to be a people leader, to, to lead mm-hmm. businesses, but rather to, to lead from where they're at and make a greater impact through the power of collaboration with others. I love it. That's what I was going for. Anybody Mm -hmm. else on the panel? Grace, Charlene, Pam, anybody want to add to what Joe said? Well, I think people have to, this is Grace, I think people have to make the donuts. I mean, there's there's work to be done. And there's one, typically, one COO, one CEO. And I, I thought that was just a great example of having people operate at their best self is true leadership. And so when we limit that by how many directors are we going to have and senior directors and VPs versus how do you take someone in the role they're in, have them operate with the broadest thinking, with their best self, giving them expansion in terms of, um, you know, what teams they can be on, how they can contribute to your product line, how they can interact with customers. The company wins, but at the end of the day, you still need people who are producing product, who are engaged in your company. What you don't want, Bonnie, is you don't want people who quit and stay, right? That's the worst scenario. Oh, yeah, people, oh, yeah, oh, she quit about five years ago, but she's still here. That's the worst (laughs) scenario that anyone can have, and companies all over, all over the United States have that today. Right, died in office. Yes, we, we, we know that. Appreciate that. I want to ask a question to the panel, something I don't think we've touched on yet. Very often, management will see leadership potential. I put that in great big quote marks in somebody. Wow, look at Bob. He's got that great potential. I see him. Let's fast track him to management. Or there's Mary, and she's great. Let's fast track her to a team leader role or a senior director role. And that means somebody's going to step up and say, Bob, Mary, we want to be your mentor. We want to be your sponsor. And the person who's the mentor and or sponsor puts their reputation on the line to advocate for them. What happens in the swing of things, in the swim of things in that company, if Bob or Mary doesn't fulfill that quote-unquote potential that the sponsor mentors saw? What happens to the mentor's reputation if it doesn't pan out? In other words, is there a downside to all of this? Uh, Grace, Joe, Pam, Charlene, anybody want to take it? So um, it's, it's a really interesting question, and uh, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about how do we get um, 
people sponsors more than mentors. My personal belief and what I've seen work best in with mentorship relationships is when they grow organically and there isn't sort of an organizational push to provide people with mentors. Sponsorship is a bit of a different thing. I think sponsorship talks a lot about um, how do you get, how do you use others within the organization to help position you, um, to help um, advocate for you, et cetera. And, and it's an interesting question about whether or not there's a downside if you've sponsored somebody and that leadership potential didn't um, didn't turn out to be you know what the organization maybe thought it was. We look at it and I think about it as I would rather know that sooner rather than later. So I would rather us you know give somebody that opportunity because somebody was willing to sponsor them, realize um, that maybe they don't have. Um, either the desire or the capability to, to be a leader in the way that we thought they would, but we've recognized that before we've made a huge significant investment or maybe before yes. we've put them in the biggest job um, because we've tested them out in a couple of different areas. And I don't mean test in a negative way, but we've put them in a couple of situations where we were able to better judge um, whether or not they were going to be able to demonstrate that leadership capability. And I think some of that also goes to what we've been talking about, which is there's a difference between leadership and management. Um, and there are aspects of leadership that somebody might really that might really resonate with them, and they might be really good at. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be a good people manager. I mean, so I think you need to consider all of those things um, before you would say um, that we made a bad decision. I think over time, if somebody sponsored multiple people and, and you've had the same outcome, then I think the organization needs to question whether or not the person that that is doing that sponsorship um, is a good spotter of that kind of talent or not. But I wouldn't say Thank one is a, is a challenge or a problem. Thank you, Pam. Appreciate that. And we're just about at break, but I want to touch on one more point, a talking point from Joe Miller. You say working too hard can hold you back from advancing. If you're a hard worker with a reputation for hard work, what do you attract more of? Hello, more work, not necessarily recognition or a promotion. So you're the quote-unquote workhorse. And Joe says, keep your head up, keep your nose off the grindstone, and look for roles and projects that allow you to deliver valuable business results and make your value visible. Joe, talk to that for just 30 seconds for me, please. Absolutely. It's something I'm passionate about because we see a corporate workforce that is full of good, honest, hardworking women sitting at their desk with their head down, delivering phenomenal results to their organization, but wondering when someone's going to stop by and reward them and recognize them. And sadly, it may take a rather a long time. And so I encourage people not to be the best kept secret in the organization and don't spend 100% of your time getting the job done, but step away uh, occasionally. You know, maybe take as much as 5% of your time to step away from the work and away from your desk and go do the types of things that make your value and your accomplishments visible. Thank you, Joe. I want to read a quick quote before we go to break here. I'm right at the edge here. Claire Babineau Fontenot, the chief tax officer of Walmart, said the following, quote, provided by Joe Miller, there is nothing untoward about being honest about what you do well. Your company cannot fully appreciate how to leverage you as a resource if they don't have visibility into what your unique talents are. So don't deny that of your company. Get out there. Make sure people see you. Make sure they know what you do well. And while you're doing that, make sure you're lifting some other people up as you climb. And Joe adds, it's not schmoozing when you put it like that. Thank you, Joe, for those words of wisdom. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, I'm going to ask my four esteemed guests 
to look ahead into the crystal ball five years if they can look that far ahead. What will we be talking about five years from today on the topic of empowering leaders at all levels? How much insight, how much clarity will companies have in the next five years? We'll be right back. Don't go away. This is HR Trends with Game Changers presented by SAP. Brad out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. Today's reality, your HR department is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line, you need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying HR Trends with Game Changers. Presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to HR Trends with Game Changers. Want to do a shout out to our tweeters extraordinaire, Malcolm Kimberlin. We have tweeting from Women's Leadership. Uh, appreciate that very much. And we have tweeting from, I think, SAP. Oh, we have some all kinds of interesting tweets here going on. I want to thank everybody for tweeting the Bun Mo, the words of wisdom of my guests. Great panel today. Now it's time for predictions. We call it the crystal ball segment. Let's go in the original order in which we started. Grace Killalay from Half the Sky Leadership Institute. Grace, quickly, what does Half the Sky mean? What does it stand for? And then give me your predictions. Bonnie, there's a Chinese proverb that women hold up half the sky. So when I built my Women's Leadership Institute, I love the aspiration of that title. So that's why I named my program after that. Thank you for asking. So predictions, I think that in the next five years, I think that's a far enough look out. Companies will be having this very similar conversation to the one we're having today. Um, I think technology continues to be uh, an interesting game changer, how companies are looking at the impact of social media and leadership, how companies are are looking at the effect of this 24-7 world that we're in, Um, virtual workforces, teams, how we're leading virtual teams and the effect of leadership on that continues to be a conversation that not all um, what I will say 50-somethings are as comfortable with. There seems to be a challenge with leaders who are of a certain age and the relationship need that some leaders have with this new millennial group that's coming in who are Mm -hmm. more tech-savvy, who are more tech-centric, who want to have relationship and leadership through 
um, what I will call technical communication versus relationship communication or face-to-face. So there will be some challenges that are coming ahead. I was doing some reading the other day about companies that are now allowing parents to come to work. It's Instead of bring your child to work, it's bring your parent to work. <laughs> I was really? honestly startled by it, but there are more wow. and more organizations that are doing this because there are tre- that's trending to be the relationships that are happening. So I think that that'll be really interesting on how we're now going to be building. Um, we're living longer. We, I'm putting myself in that bucket. Uh, we are living longer as leaders, so we're going to be leading this group of younger people and what that looks like. And I would say the other interesting trend is women. Um, that's the space I spend a lot of time in. Uh, we continue to have challenges in terms of developing. There are plenty of women in the pool, in the talent pipeline, but we're not mm-hmm. seeing them move up. I know Joe spends a lot of time in this space as well. We're not seeing them move into those C-suite roles, but we're also not seeing them in the middle of the talent pipeline. And I think that there continues to be, as the demographics and as the the workforce, the talent pool changes, we're going to see companies really have to tap into that group of leaders. So I think those are really the two, both the millennials and women, um, are going to be a real focus in the next five years. Thank you, Grace Killalay. Joe Miller, Women's Leadership Coaching. Talk to me. What do you see five years? You know, Harvard Business Review reported a couple of years ago that high potential women are over-mentored yet under-sponsored relative to their male peers. And as it stands today, that's a big reason why women aren't uh, moving up. They're not advancing as rapidly in their organizations. So uh, within the next five years, I think one of the, the truly big game changers, and this is already in place, is that women and their employers are recognizing that to advance, women need to have sponsors. However, the big catch here is that... You don't choose a sponsor, a sponsor chooses you. And so there are certain behaviours a person needs to exhibit in order to attract yes. uh, the, the interest of a sponsor. So the big three trends I see coming up are, number one, companies are going to start investing in and creating formalised sponsorship programs, similar to, to, to how well they've invested in mentoring. Uh, next, there's going to be a far greater understanding of the protocols how, of how sponsorship works in general, but also companies are going to start to understand uh, the protocols of how sponsorship can work within their corporate culture. And then finally, and the thing I'm most excited about is women are going to catch on and start exhibiting exactly the type of behaviours that are going to attract more sponsors that help them uh, get a hand up in their careers. Thank you very much, Charlie Labby, ITM Group and the HR bartender. you got to tell me, HR bartender, what does that really mean, Charlene, and then predictions? HR bartender just references the fact that as an HR person, I always thought people wanted me to act like a bartender. You know, that friendly face, excuse me, that you see at the end of the day who laughs with you and listens to you and Uh gives you that support that you need to move on to the next level. So that's where the name came from. Thank you. And what happens there stays there, right? Okay, yes, Charlie. Yes. <laughs> Charlie. I always, I always said that HR was a little like Switzerland, you know? <laughs> Very good. Maybe what I are your predictions? Vegas. <laughs> I, I, think, I think so. More apropos. Predictions, Charlene. We're going to change. My prediction is that we're going to change the place that we start talking about leadership 
with employees. Um, we're going to start the leadership conversation in a different place in an employee life cycle or actually even before a person becomes an employee. We're going to start seeing the leadership development conversation happening in colleges and universities and high school, talking about leadership competencies and how people can build, um, recognize the competencies that they need to work on and the things that they need to do to develop themselves from a leadership perspective. I also think we're going to talk about leadership development at a different place in the employee life cycle. Instead of it being this thing that happens when we recognize potential, this is a conversation that's going to happen at the very beginning of your time with an organization. We're going to start to see leadership and orientation and onboarding get integrated together so that you can develop your leadership ability within the organization that you work for from the very start, not as a reward or a recognition for something down the pike after you demonstrate or you prove yourself. Great. Thank you so much. And let's move to Pam Seplow from SAP. Pam, what do you predict five years from today we'll be talking about in terms of empowering leadership at every level of the organization? Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. You know, like Grace, I think the conversation in the next five years isn't going to be all that different than the conversation that we're having today. The workplace is changing at such a rapid pace, and so the expectations that people have of what leadership is and what a leader looks like will change, but how do you identify that? How do you help to foster that and develop that? How do you have learners um, and leaders take advantage of those opportunities? I think as the workplace changes, the opportunities for those things change as well. So I think the com- the conversation won't change that much. The um, The examples that we give may change significantly. And again, like Grace, and I think it was also Joe who talked about this, the the role that the millennial plays in the workforce and coming into the workforce and really now within workplaces working multi-generationally in ways that we've never done before and people wanting um, leaders to show up in different ways to meet their needs is something that, that never before have people and organizations been faced with. And the last thing that I think is going to be really important around this topic is around um, authenticity. Um, and I think uh, authenticity leads to trust. And if we think about the very different ways that we interact with people today, we're face-to-face. You built up trust because you sat across a table from somebody and you look somebody in the eye or you shook the hand of somebody. That's not happening so much today. And people don't want, millennials don't want it to happen that way. So how a leader shows authenticity and how a leader comes across in order to create a trusting relationship, I think that's part of the conversation that's going to need to take place over the next five years. Thank you so much for your great predictions, Pam Seplow from SAP. I want to do a special thank you to all of my guests, but first, I have some predictions. I want to tell you what's coming up here next week on HR Trends with Game Changers, Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, September 24th, Leaders Showing Up, The Power of Leaders Teaching Leaders. Yes, we're continuing our very important leadership topic. October 1st, Diversity and Inclusion, The Business Impacts of DNI, and also coming up tomorrow, Wednesday, September 18th, tech-powered SMEs, you know, that's small to mid-sized enterprises, equipped to compete. We'll talk about SMEs based on research from Oxford Economics. And September 25th, manufacturing from idea to performance. Great shows coming up. Special thank yous to my guests, Grace Kille, Joe Miller, Charlene Lauby, 
Pam Seplow. You're a wonderful panel. Appreciate it and hope to talk to you again soon. And special shout-outs to Tom Flanagan, Liz Brenner, Malcolm Kimberlin, all with SAP for supporting the show, and Brad Ryan and the Business Channel team at Voice America World Talk Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. That's all for HR Trends with Game Changers presented by SAP. Talk to you tomorrow on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.